You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 30. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show is my co host, Pontus Böckmann. See ya! Hey, son, hey, son! So, no Jelena this time, what's going on? Actually, I don't know. She said she she only said that. Uh, sorry, guys, I can't make it. May make it tonight. Yeah, I'm sure that that, that that is bound to happen. Sometimes we we yeah 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 yeah. I think it's fine. I think it's I fine. do hope that she's fine. Um, I hope she listens to the show. Yeah. Did Did you notice the difference in my greeting? Uh, yeah, it was shorter than usual. Is it because we are out of time or what? <laughs> no, it's because we th- there's just the two of us. So when I'm Aha. greeting you one on one, that's that goes see ya. Okay, so when I'm when I'm not if I'm greeting two people or or yeah. more, then I'm saying see ya stock. Uh, so I'm not worth a stock in your opinion, is that right? Just a see ya. You're alone. You're one person. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's the reason. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, it's been uh, it's been an interesting week. Uh, mm-hmm. The other interesting uh, circumstance is that I'm back to Canada. You can't stay put, can you? No, I can't. Uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, when you work as a tour guide, it's uh, <laughs> well, it does happen that you can't stay put. And uh, actually, now I am in Ottawa, which mm. is uh, the uh, federal capital of mm-hmm. Canada. Mm-hmm. They have and the skeptics there, right? Yes, they do, and I mm-hmm. met them. I, I met them yesterday. Oh, did you? Uh, we we had a, an impromptu meetup uh, organized by uh, Ottawa Skeptics, and uh, some people represented also uh, CFI Canada, mm-hmm. which is great. We had a very nice chat. We had uh, we we talked about education and stuff, and <laughs> the, the interesting stuff that I um, about a year ago I met up with them as well, uh, also in Ottawa. And uh, I recorded um, a, a short round of self-introductions, uh, but I didn't have anything to use it for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I kind of wanted to have that recording so that I can use it if I want to. <laughs> I wanted to. So uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it might. But you be couldn't weird. be bothered bringing a microphone yesterday, could you? Well, I did bring it along, but uh, yeah, the, the, the circumstances weren't okay. good right. enough. So it's. Right. Um, but uh, probably when I'm coming back again in August, and uh, we'll meet up again. Mm, great. That could be a good opportunity to to do the recording, unless I'm using the one recorded one year ago. Which is, <laughs> and you, we won't tell you which yeah. one you use, and you have to send in your guesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. that's not a, <laughs> that's not a bad idea, actually. Okay, so yeah, I, I had, I had great fun. Uh, so uh, I, I really liked it. Very nice bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but um, we've got. Some uh, feedback to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least uh, one that is uh, that is, uh, I think, uh, definitely worth mentioning. An email from Rob, and he uh, reflected on uh, the topic when we discussed the difficulties to convince politicians uh, because they do not generally listen to reason, but only to voter potential. And what he wrote is the following. My boss told me another way to convince policymakers. If you want them to take a certain action, do not tell them what good will happen if they do what you suggest, but make them aware of the risks 
they run by doing something else or by not acting. Mm -hmm. Politicians are very risk averse, and a properly formulated risk will make them move. Mm, I can see how that works. Yeah, absolutely. So can I, and it's and it's brilliant. Mm. Um, I think this is this is one of the reasons why politicians finally took up on the challenge uh, of of tackling global uh, climate change. Mm. Um, so it took a, it, it took them a while, but. When you're talking about risks, uh, that's that's when you actually uh, find something worth fighting for and worth uh, paying attention to. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's a good it's a good hint. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks very much, Rob. We are very short on time because of me uh, being on the run, uh, but we would really need to cover a few events that are coming up next week. Shall we? Yes. Okay. So uh, on the 9th, on Saturday the 9th, there is a Göteborg Skeptical Barbecue going on in Gothenburg, Sweden. Sounds yummy. Mm, No lunatics around? Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then the next day, uh, on Sunday the the 10th, there is Edinburgh Skeptics Underground. Do clothes make the man? Interesting question. And uh, I, I guess it's, uh, it's going to be a highly debated topic. Mm. On the 11th, uh, there is uh, Social Skeptics in the Pub in Copenhagen. And on the same day, on Monday the 11th, Glasgow Skeptics in the Pub with Douglas Verneman. Genome versus Apigenome. The clay and the mold. Wow, interesting way to put it. Yeah, very uh, very interesting topic. It sounds interesting. Well, everything related to genetics is interesting. So So on Wednesday the 13th, there is a whole host of different uh, skeptical events uh, ongoing. So we start in Oxford, uh, which is called Compare, Tracking Switched Outcomes in Clinical Trials and Trying to Correct the Record. So that's in Oxford Mm -hmm. at the same time in Bournemouth. Uh, there's a skeptics in the pub. Are we discovering new antibiotics quickly enough? And I'm afraid the answer probably is no. Hmm. That was my comment, not what they are saying. It would be interesting to hear. Then in Birmingham, uh, it, there is the, the Phantom of Hailbrun and other forensic faux pas with Emma McClure. We've seen that event popping up before, so I guess she's taking that on a tour. And it sounds very interesting. Uh-huh. Then in Newcastle, still on the 13th, uh, the minefield of the modern diet with Maeve Hannan. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know exactly what the modern diet is, but I, there is always a lot of discussions about what we should eat and what we should not eat. So that sounds interesting as well. And finally, on the uh, Wednesday, there is in High Wycombe, there is a social event. So uh, go to that as well. And on the next day? On Thursday the 14th, there are another uh, host of uh, uh, events, actually three of them, around around the UK. So on Wednesday and Thursday next week, the UK is on fire in terms of skeptics in the pub (laughs) events. Hope not in any other sense. And uh, let's start with uh, Manchester's uh, skeptics in the pub social. So go along if if you have the time. And um, at the same time, uh, Portsmouth. And 
The speaker of that talk is none other than Michael Marshall. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the talk is titled Lifting the Lid, Ongoing Adventures in the World of Pseudoscience. Well, I'm pretty sure that um, it's, if not the same, it's a very similar talk to what I heard a couple of months ago in Brighton, Mm -hmm. which was great fun, very educational, and motivating. So uh, He's always very entertaining as well. Yeah, yeah. So please go along and uh, listen to what he has to say. And still on the same day, Worthing, Inside AA, John Stewart. Uh, John Stewart is not the John Stewart that uh, many people know uh, from uh, the Daily Show. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure that we, we uh, a lot of us uh, do love his work. But uh, he's a um, co-founder, guitarist, and co-songwriter for platinum-selling Brit popular band Sleeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the talk is about, well, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. So it must be very interesting from a skeptical point of view. As popular uh, AA is, uh, it doesn't seem to be very science-based, so it will be very interesting to hear. Yeah, yeah. So if someone goes along and uh, and has something to to say about it and and share about it with us, um, you're more more than welcome to uh, to let us know uh, what you think. And if you want to do that, you can reach us by sending an email to info at the esp.eu. Or go to the webpage, uh, uh, the ESP.eu, and fill in the contact form. Or you can f- uh, find us on Facebook. Or you can follow us on Twitter, and where we are at ESPodcast underscore EU. That is correct. And you know what else you could do? Find us on iTunes. Oh, and on iTunes, yeah. Leave us a review, uh, preferably accompanied by five stars. Good. I think that's it about the events. Lots of them next week. So go skeptics across Europe. But that means that it is about time to move on to our interview with Linda Strandlundberg, uh, president of the Swedish Skeptics Association. Yes. VOF. You must know her, Pontus. Oh, absolutely, I do. She's my boss in a way. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Okay. Let's hear what she has to say. All right. On every other episode, we interview someone who represents a skeptical organization, group, or project, either from a certain European country or stretching across borders. Today we have here with us from Sweden, Linda Strandlundberg, president of the Swedish Skeptics Association, VOF. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's really great to be here. It's good to have you. Thank good you. Good to have you. It's been a while that we meant to to have a conversation about uh, VOF because uh, we hear a lot about you guys. And especially we have someone uh, on the show constantly from VOF and uh, we just forgot to interview him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, and... And the other thing is that he's not the leader of the organization, so uh, we thought you are a better choice um, to interview. <laughs> First of all, I didn't try to pronounce the name of the organization in in uh, Sweden, uh, Swedish. So, yeah. could you do that for our listeners, please? Uh, Vetenskap och folkbildning is the Swedish name of our organization. 
this is the part of the interviews I love the most. When, when, when it actually, you can actually hear the, the original name of the, of the organization. Fantastic. Um, is it an old one? Uh, we started out, or they started actually, at 1982. Uh, so we're 34 years this year. And we've been talking about maybe doing something next year because of the 35-year celebration. But we'll see about that. We have to discuss it after the summer breaks. Uh, started out with just a few men of the, I think it was the Royal Institute of Technique, or what the English name is for that university, KTH mm. in Swedish, Kungliga Tekniska Högskolan. And I think they were from the start, they were just for a few years, a few people being skeptic. And then it started to grow, I think, really much in the 90s. And then even more now, uh, those last maybe 15, 5 or 15 years. And now we are, how many are we, Pontus? Around two and a half thousand? Oh, a little bit more, like a little bit more. 2,700, ah. I think. And nowadays we have uh, also started uh, a few local parts of the VOF. So we have one in uh, Skåne, where Pontus is from, one in Gothenburg. Uh, one in Stockholm, Uppsala. Uh, we have a small one here in my uh, county, or what the best uh, word to describe in England is, or English is, Värmland. And we're thinking about maybe starting one in the north of Sweden as well, because we have pretty many m- members in the north. Is it still uh, growing fast, or do you do you see a decline in the? Because there are other organizations uh, where we heard that they tend to to notice that there is there is a small decline in in the members, the new members joining in. Yeah, I think we've been about this big for a few years now. So it's and what we see is more people have heard of us, but it's more through social media. We have a very big Swedish Facebook group with, I think, 11,000 members discussing our topics, but most of them are not paying members in the organization. Mm-hmm. And what what do paying members get uh, for for what they pay? They uh, get our magazine. It, it's a quarterly magazine, but now it's been a little problem with it, so we're about now to make a number one, two for 2016 but most of our um, events or arrangements are open for everybody uh, we want to spread the words if you understand what i mean uh, we really want the public to uh, attend to our arrangements listening to smart people talking about what they know one of the things that uh, get a lot of public attention every year is the two prizes that we have can you tell us yeah. a little bit about those? Yeah, we have two prizes. The, we have the Enlightener of the Year and the Anti-Prize. I don't know how to pronounce it, Obscurantist of the Year. All members are able to nominate anything for those prizes. It could be like a TV show, it could be a magazine, it could be an institution. And in December... We on the board of the Swedish Skeptics, or VOF, decide who will get it. Early in January, we send out a message to the press telling who got it. 
the positive price, the enlightener of the year is uh, uh, often very appreciated and they get a small amount of money and often they come to our meeting and talking a little. The anti-price, though, gets more public attention, lots of uh, media attention in both newspapers, sometimes TV, radio, and uh, most people don't want to get that anti-price. Last year we gave it to, actually it's a good radio show in the Swedish public radio. There's I usually listen to it because it's good. It's um, documentary programs. But uh, they had a show or a program about Gardasil, HPV vaccine, that was really, really terrible. Yeah, Um, there have been uh, lots of that kind of programs against uh, that specific vaccine. I don't know if we adopt a movement from the US, you know, or something. It's... But, I don't know what to say. You know all about this, I guess, already. Yeah. But it's noteworthy to say that that show that we gave the uh, the anti prize to, uh, they got also uh, they got criticism also from within the Swedish radio for for having broken the rules of being uh, uh, they shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. They they got criticized just a few weeks ago, right? Yes. So we were first. Yeah, and they, it's the same, I think it's the same studio that got the anti-price a few years ago for almost the same kind of program, mm. talking about the vaccine and, oh, look at this girl, she got sick. Even if they don't know if they are, <laughs> there are any... Connection to the vaccine or... Connections, or, yeah. no, actually. Yeah. And it wasn't, right? No. There weren't mm. any connection, but still they had those anecdotal program scaring young girls all around Sweden or maybe the girls' parents. Yeah, yeah so, you, so you get quite a bit of media attention then. Yeah, the big newspapers uh, writes about it. Mm-hmm. This year, actually, it was more media attention than we wanted because one week before we announced uh, the winners, some other person claiming to be us announced the anti-price winner. Oh, Just, no. um, some, uh, we, I think we know uh, who it is. Uh, it's uh, one of the alternative magazine owners or writers. Who, oh, and, 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 and who got the prize from them? Oh, it was a big magazine in Sweden, a big, the biggest newspaper, I think, DN, Dagens Nyheter. Um, they gave it to that paper and the editor, Okay. Uh, claiming because it was some some political claimings about mm. him being right or wrong about Russia or something like that. really um, a bad announcement that you could see in the typing and everything it didn't look like our announcements but still but it sounded like it yeah it sounded like it and there was uh, one magazine on the internet who fell for it and published it and the thing is that it was a magazine for journalists and media. So mm. it uh, became quite big after that. There were, I think, more attention than usually. I don't know if it's good or bad for us, but at least our name was spread. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That that means that you are you are so well known around the country that, uh, that someone actually used your name to promote their their own ideas, which is... In a way, it shows a lot, but uh, in a way, it's scary. Yeah, it's scary because 
you don't know what you'll do next. And it's um, that day, it was a journalist from the Swedish radio uh, radio magazine that actually was got our Enlightener of the Year a few years ago, who called me and saying, we just received a fax or an email from claiming to be you, that you have uh, given your anti-price to something. And I asked, well, who did we give it to? Well, it was to this uh, newspaper. And I said, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so they made a quite big story in their weekly program the next um, weekend about that. And they also talked a lot about our anti-price. They uh, tried to interview the people behind that program we gave the anti-price to, made a big deal about that as well. So that thing led to something good in that program anyway. Mm-hmm. But we're, I think we're qu- quite well known uh, from people who don't like us. And uh, I can see all around, uh, you know, Facebook and everywhere. As soon as uh, someone asks, where's the evidence? Can you prove Mm -hmm. that? Can you link to a source? They always get um, attacked and people say, oh, you're a part of VOF, aren't you? Mm -hmm. So according to people who, what do you call them? Believers? According to them, Mm -hmm. everybody who are not like them are members of VOF or a part of our, our organization. You wish, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then we would have many, many, many paying members because most people are kind of okay, I think. Most people don't believe in uh, chemtrails or uh, ghosts or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, but they know they're not active. But that's, uh, it's, uh, you said two, uh, about 2,500 members? Yeah. That is, uh, that is quite a lot, especially compared to how many people. How many people are there uh, living in, in Sweden? Yeah, around 9 million. 9 million. So compared to the, the population of, of Sweden, that's, that's quite an impressive number, I would say. But, uh, yeah, we think we should have more. <laughs> that's always the Because case. Because there right? are many more skeptic people in Sweden. Yeah, but um, as far as I know, you have uh, quite a high-flying skeptic um, among your members. Do you do you have an astronaut among the members? Is that is that really the case? Yeah, Christer Fugelsang. The case is when he went on his uh, space trip, he brought a VOF T-shirt and was posing in it on that spaceship. Wow! And he's he's a Swedish skeptic. And and a, a Swedish astronaut. Yeah, exactly. Um, when 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 was he out there? Um, and was he on the on the International Space Station? Oh, I should uh, know the answers to that, shouldn't I? Do you know? Yeah, I'm Pontus? googling it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what we can mention about him, he he brought lots of media attention to our. Mm-hmm. Uh, organization or us a few years ago when he was attending a uh, suicide attempt you call it that yeah. when he was uh, taking an uh, overdose of okay. uh, homeopathic yeah sleeping pills and that got i think that's the event or arrangement that gave us uh, the most articles in media and but uh, did, did he do it uh, up in space or uh, no actually he did it on uh, a political event uh, that's uh, oh, okay yeah. no he, he was um, I, I google it he was in the yeah. in the ISS in 2006 and the overdose mm-hmm. attempt was in 2011 
2011, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he, he's still alive, by the way, if you're wondering. <laughs> he survived yeah. both the, As we the space trip and the overdose attempt. Yeah. And the overdose, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, which, um, among way, um, between which I think the overdose event is the more surprising. <laughs> yeah. It should have, should have killed him right away. Yeah, it should. Maybe he got just a little, little uh, fuller. <laughs> so in your opinion right now, um, what is the most important woo for VOF to focus on in Sweden? If you have asked me a few years ago, I would say what we always say and what I think everybody always think, and it's the medicine or alternative medicine, uh, homeopathic, uh, anthroposophic, and stuff like that. But since a few years, I've, uh, we've been focusing a lot on uh, alternative methods when it comes to psychic health, because there are no laws, no nothing here in Sweden. Maybe there aren't in other countries either but how many quackers uh, pseudo psychotherapists that are meeting people who's really really sick feeling really really bad maybe suicidal uh, people schizophrenic and they they can just go on and on and i think that that's even worse because there are no um, laws against it i can start um, Start, start up today saying, I can cure your psychic unhealth. Please come to me. I can make you feel happy about life again. And then I could just do real bad stuff, you know. So we've been fo- focusing a little um, on that. And I think that's uh, something we should uh, continue focusing on, uh, the lack of regulation. Um, this year as well, we've talked about maybe focusing a little on school. Uh, because in Sweden, the children are getting, what do you say, worse. They're worse in math, worse in, worse in Swedish and other school topics than in the past. The school in Sweden used to be one of the best in the world, but nowadays it's not. So focusing in what's wrong in school, why don't uh, our kids learn what they should learn? Uh, maybe checking out uh, teacher education and everything, because uh, the risk is we're getting a whole generation uh, that don't have what we had, you yeah. know, the, the education, the knowledge. And especially now when we live in the Internet times, uh, it's really important that they know the grounds mm. and that they've been trained in critical thinking Mm-hmm. Uh, correct resources, everything yeah. like that. So I think there are a few topics uh, we should focus on and that we do focus on. Uh, I'm not very you know, interested in people talking to ghosts or thinking they can uh, see what will happen in the future and so that's okay that's maybe it's funny to have a debate or something, but it's it's really not uh, that important. Because there are so many many other things that's risking people's lives and risking our nation's future, if I can use those big words. Yeah, talking of which, uh, we have mentioned on the show Brian Clement several times Mm -hmm. and his recent European tour. And uh, we heard about uh, Swedish talk getting cancelled 
Yeah. So it's it's quite an impo- important move, um, and I have to congratulate you and and VO, uh, VOF on on making that happen. I've already yeah said it said it to Pontus. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could apparently you could um, kind of mobilize uh, again against that event. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think it's uh, something, or uh, the process itself? Do you think the process itself is something that uh, is uh, worth sharing with uh, with others, so that they can try and and do something similar? I guess you have talked about it, and we have talked about it. Uh, where the limit is, uh, when you should uh, just ignore something, and when it's so big that you should do something about it. What we did, we talked about this a little when Pontus informed us that uh, he was coming to Sweden again. Or well, some somebody in the Swedish skeptics uh, just wrote a letter to RBF, it's, um, where they were planning to have the arrangement. And I think it was a weekend or something, so they didn't uh, respond. Uh, but then I talked to or a journalist on a big Swedish newspaper uh, contacted me and said she heard about this. And first she asked me if I wanted to talk to her, but I said, talk to Pontus, because he's the one who knows it the best, because he's been trying to do something about it, both this year and last year. So uh, Pontus talked to this journalist. She published an article. Um, but then the, <laughs> the problem was uh, it was stopped uh, at RBF, Uh, where the arrangements was about to be held. But then they found uh, another place instead. But it turned out that was um, a school, a public school. So uh, when they found out, the people at the public school, they stopped it as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's for us, it was really good to just contact those uh, people who had a, where uh, the arrangements are supposed to be held. Mm-hmm. places like schools or serious organizations, they will stop it when they find out this is a quacker who who claims that uh, he can cure cancer, even if he can't. That's not what those places want to be associated with. Mm, definitely yeah, not. I think that it's... Mm. I don't think you will get anywhere by contacting the true believers themselves. So they, they will not no. stop it. Mm-hmm. But if you could talk to to the venues who have booked them and explain to them yeah. just very factually, this is what you've booked. Are you sure you want to be associated with that? Then a lot of the time they, they oh, really, we didn't know what what it was or this would be bad press. We don't want to do this anymore. I think that's the way yeah. to go. Yeah, exactly. And um, in this case, it was so big that I think that this um, article in the newspaper was a good thing. Uh, if it's just a smaller arrangement or a one weirdo I think you shouldn't focus on them because that will only bring attention to them mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but Brian Clement has quite a few followers and uh, yeah. online and in the world do you know do you know anything about how many followers he has in Sweden I think it's the same people who follows him who follows everybody else mm, okay <laughs> um, yeah, I think I guess it would be thousands of Yeah, a, f- a few thousand, I think, because and very as you say, if you follow one thing, you tend to follow all the other things that are sort of similar. Yeah, and even if it's the opposite, I just can't understand that. But there are so many people 
following one thing and then another thing, and it's the total opposite, but it's still against the established uh, knowledge, so it's good or something in yeah. their words. I, I can tell you that it's big enough that there is a small organization who arranges trips to his institute in Florida with Swedish prices oh. and with Swedish uh, guides to follow you, etc. Oh, <laughs> I get so upset, so, so, so upset when I hear about those things. That people making money on other people's diseases or illnesses hmm. who won't be cured, of course. Oh, that's the field, though. That's the area where you can make the most. The people are willing to pay for whatever they they see fit when hmm. when they believe in something. Yeah. They want to get cured. They're desperate. They'll try anything. Hmm. I guess most of them have tried what uh, public care and medicine can do, and mm-hmm. they're still sick. So it's uh, really sick, dying people. So speaking about international things like Brian Clement, uh, how do you see uh, the international collaboration between skeptics in different countries? How, how, how is it working? What should we do more of? And what would be the purpose of more international uh, collaboration? You are the one who should answer that question, Pontus, because you're our international contact in the Swedish Skeptics Association. Uh, I think it's important, it's more important now than it used to be because the uh, pseudosciences are global and they're growing because of the internet. Uh, people find out more alternative theories. So we should also work together when it comes to those international things. And, okay, we have, I mean, we have a really big Facebook group, the Swedish Skeptics, but it's uh, in Swedish. I don't know if there are uh, possible to get all those people trying in English or so. I'm, I'm not sure about that. But still, maybe helping each other out in some ways, telling, what, uh, telling each other about this worked for us, this is how mm-hmm. we work, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the arguments are the same. The pseudoscience is the same. So you can mm. what works in one country, you can export it, you can help each other, you can give good advice and examples from, from one country to another, I think is very important. And this is especially important because of the lack of resources. So yeah. because because we don't have the resources that, that, that those people on the other side, so to say, um, really have. Uh, mm-hmm. access to and uh, by international collaboration of course we are much better off yeah and we i think we we have the same problems uh, everywhere how to how to talk to people it's still mm-hmm. one of our biggest problems how to talk to them without uh, sounding you know patronizing mm-hmm. uh, just trying to be nice but still just give people a little clue and make mm-hmm. them think for themselves how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. in the past that's been our biggest mistake, uh, trying to teach instead of talk to people. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, it's usually not easy because uh, especially when we are talking about science and, and mm. the, the hard sciences, it's, um, yeah, it's not something that people are usually very familiar with but as far as i know you are not from the field of science yourself are you no i'm not from the science field i'm actually have my degree in social science so i've studied lots of political science 
which also makes me really, really angry when I hear people claiming, you're against uh, our freedom of speech, because that's no, what I'm I've not. been studying for <laughs> ages, you know. No, to, if I tell you, you are wrong. I'm not trying uh, to be in conflict with your freedom of speech. I'm not the state saying you will go to jail for saying that. I'm just a person. Yeah. But that's uh, uh, one of the co most common claims when you talk to uh, pseudoscience people in Sweden, maybe all around the world, is you're attacking our freedom of speech. So how did you discover the skeptics movement, you personally, and why did you decide to get involved? Uh, actually, it was through Googling. I Googled uh, because... Uh, Important skill. <laughs> yeah, it is. I come from a family where it, we are skeptical. That's just how it is. From uh, Both my parents worked at the university and stuff. So, so I never really realized until I was maybe over 30 that it really was people believing all those things. People, grown-up people, of course. Maybe when I was 14, I, start, uh, I had those questions myself. Oh, maybe there are life after death. Maybe there are ghosts or, you know, things like that. But then I grew up and I, I never really thought about it until I realized there were so many people believing and believing in all kinds of pseudosciences and, you know, uh, alternative mm -hmm. medicine, ghosts, anything. Uh, so I just, you know, it was like waking up <laughs> after being blind. Maybe that's what religious people say as well. Um, so I started to Googling. I... Uh, found there was something called uh, skepticism, started to read more about it, found, found uh, podcasts. And one day I decided, okay, I will become a member of the Swedish Skeptics Association, VOF. Good move. And, yeah, very good move. And I think maybe there are, that might be a problem as well, that there are many people who uh, had it like me, you know, we, we haven't seen the problems because we've lived in a society with middle-class people, with uh, educated parents, and just haven't seen or noticed there are so much other things going on around us, <laughs> mm -hmm. if you understand what I, how I mean. To become a member of Swedish Skeptics was not a big issue or big move or a statement. It was just, oh... They they think the way I've always thought, that science, mm -hmm. is a, science is a kind of good way to find out the truth about the world. Yeah, you Maybe. said you, you've been a skeptic and you grew, grew up in a, in a skeptical family, but mm. have you always been a, kind of an activist as well? Um, yeah, yes, I guess so. I am... Um, I, I guess I've always been the one, the... The person other people hate, uh, when, uh, <laughs> or sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes when I'm, I'm in a group and they keep talking and everybody thinks the same way. And it could be about anything, you know. Yeah. I have to ask, how do you know that? Why do you think, think so? Maybe you should think of it this way instead. Mm -hmm. It could be about, I don't know people teaching music when too many people sit and uh, say the same thing around the table in, or in a group. Yeah, it's kind of an echo chamber. 
I guess uh, that's how we are. We people, we want to fit in and be a part of the group, be like everybody else. Yeah, to be able to socialize. Uh, that's yeah. your field. That's your area. Yeah, a little bit. I've studied that as well. Yeah, uh, in mm. groups and out groups, and what I say in mm-hmm. sociology. Yeah, I studied that, but I I quit it and uh, focused focused on uh, political science instead because I thought some of the theories were so they weren't empirical enough for me actually. So I think I've been thinking too scientific even when I've studied social science. Mm-hmm. Been a few <laughs> conflicts there. I don't as think well. you can be too scientific. Yeah, no. yeah probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm I'm so fascinated of it, and I thought maybe if I was twenty now and could make the choices uh, what to study, I think I would uh, study biology or medicine or something mm-hmm. because it's so fascinating how uh, how people works and, uh, how our brain works that's so fascinating yeah so um, you joined the, the Swedish Skeptics Association then you ended up leading the organization yeah uh, when did that happen oh this is my third year I think as mm-hmm. the, the president uh, so it's my fourth year on the board And now I think this might be my last year because there is, uh, it's very much work. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I will just uh, take a step down. Mm-hmm. I haven't quite figured it out yet, but maybe. Well, but even if if it's if it's a great amount of work, it seems to be coming through very nicely. I mean, uh, the the things we talked about. Mm. And this interview, those are are absolutely the things that re- deserve respect. Um, so I congratulate you and and the organization you're leading on uh, on doing such a great skeptical activism. Thank you. Where where can people find out stuff about VOF? Uh, you can go to our uh, homepage vof.se. We mm-hmm. have. Uh, a little section in english most of it is in uh, swedish but some things in english and also pontus have published our uh, vof study from last year in english i hope mm-hmm. you talked about that maybe yes i did mention it yeah yeah because that was also a huge thing for us uh, gave us uh, lots of uh, attention in it it was hard work but it was uh, kind of funny as mm. well to find out how how swedish people uh, think about uh, different uh, areas so um read it and uh, maybe join us as well or of yeah. course we have our facebook page we have our facebook group we we're on twitter so visit our pages and write to us yeah especially because we have quite a quite a strong listener base in sweden oh that's great Yeah, so so we we hope there are people who who can make the connection after this interview. Yeah, I hope so. And we have our email addresses uh, on our website. So if you have any questions, just send an email or a message on Facebook or Twitter. We're very available. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this uh, sums up pretty well our interview uh, with Linda Strand-Lundberg. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Linda. Oh, thank you for asking me. And, uh, yeah, hope to meet up with you at some point in person as well. We sure will meet. 
I can guarantee okay. you that. <laughs> okay. Thanks Thank very much. You. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. You know what, Pontus? That is great work that uh, you guys mm-hmm. are doing with VOF. Thank you. I can't take the whole credit for that. I know it's, that. It's a big it's an old <laughs> organization that it's you won't giving me any credit, were you? <laughs> no, I'm, no, but it's a, I'm giving, it's a well giving you credit as a collective. <laughs> Thank you. It, it, it is it's a well-established uh, uh, organization. It's well known, and uh, I think we, I hope, we are doing a, a, a good work. Yes. Um, the only thing I really regret is not is me not speaking Swedish. So I, I cannot look up everything that you 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 guys do. Uh, but who knows? One day I might. Yeah. Well, there's go- there's Google Translate, but it doesn't always work. So. Well. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, keep it up, and uh, hope uh, there are going to be others, other organizations to follow to talk about. We've already talked about a lot. This has been our thirtieth episode. Wow. Oh, big three <laughs> Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, and we've uh, already interviewed lots and lots of people mm-hmm. representing different organizations and the list is still very long we have a very huge list and we intend to go through that so other interviews coming up soon mm-hmm. but i'm afraid this is about time we wrap up the show and uh, hope to have yelena back online next week absolutely All right. So thanks very much, Pontus. Thank you, Andras. And until next week, goodbye. Bye-bye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then... Please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Frab and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. And if you want to do that... Oh, where is he at, Lena? <laughs> I guess we can't tell you the, what, where, where we can be found today because Elena is the only one who knows. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, do you want to give it a try or, or shall I? Sure. No. You can... <laughs> you can uh, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm sober today. So uh, we'll see uh, if that makes uh, any difference. Uh, you don't have to answer that question. Different. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a police no. investigation. <laughs>